Good morning. It's Monday. It is Monday. Good morning, folks. Welcome to the Property News Live. I'm Rick Gannon. I'm here every day at 8.30 a.m. just to share all of the latest property news. So you don't have to go out there looking for it. Now, we have a few rules here. You've got to say hi and give yourself a shout out before we start. And if you like what we do here, you can click the share button. That would be even better. And if you do that, please do let me know. So good morning, first of all, to Atanis. You have shared it. Thank you very much. Good morning, Marilise from Cambridge. Good morning to Joanne from Stratford-upon-Avon. Good morning to Claire from Sandbach. Sandbach. That's up north. Um, good morning, Julie. Still living the graphics from a gloomy Hemel. You've changed your profile picture. You confused me there. Good morning to Chowdhury from Bristol and Christina from Doncaster. Phil is good morning from London. Good morning, Nicola. Does it say where you're from, Nicola? Just got the nice thin blue line. Good morning, Peter from East London. Uh, Yemi, good morning from Romford. Love the introduction. Thank you. Good morning, Ashley from London. Mahela, good morning from Bucharest. I know you're from Bucharest. I know you didn't say that, though. Good morning, Kumi from Sheffield. And Kay from Cheshire. Lots of people from Cheshire today. Good morning uh, to Mario from London and Joanna from Daventry. Facebook user doesn't say your name from Manchester. Eric is watching today from Rotherham. Let's say hi to Eric and to Purick. Doesn't say where you're from, though. Watching from LinkedIn. Okay, folks. Right. Let me just get rid of that banner. What is in the news today? Well, first up, let's give a big up and a kudos to our very own Julie Ford, a property expert in the home counties, has launched a dispute resolution service to avoid evictions. Julie Ford, Julie Ford, our Julie Ford, who's been in the industry for 11 years and is also a former advisor at Citizens Advice, runs Gothard Row Landlord Services, which says it offers a holistic solution to mounting rent arrears. Julie's been in the industry for 11 years and it emphasizes communicating with the tenants to understand why they are struggling to pay. In addition to seeing whether they qualify for established funding such as discretionary housing payments and prevention of homelessness payments, Ford, I prefer Julie, Julie also says that she has access to over 2,000 charitable trusts, legacies and grants across the UK, which can help support a tenant to pay towards or even clear their arrears. A statement from Julie's company says, despite the negative reports in the media that tenants are using COVID-19 as an excuse not to pay their rent, all of the tenants she has worked with want to be able to pay their rent, but felt they just couldn't afford to. Julie says her approach to tenants typically takes two to three months to reach a mutually successful outcome. Well done, Julie. You've made the glosses. Let's give a big kudos to Julie, folks. Come on, let's say well done to Julie. Great report. And thank you. I wanted just to put that out there first for you, Julie, because you do work very hard. What else is in the news today? Activists. In our friends, I say that very loosely, Generation Rent claim that a fifth of families in the letting sector suffer a shortfall between benefits 
and rents. Using selected data from a range of sources, the campaign group led by Baroness Alicia Kennedy claims 51% of families in the private rental sector rely on government support to pay their rent. It calculates this by stating that local housing allowance covers the whole rent for the cheapest 30% of homes in an area, but it says 21% of private renting families live in a more expensive home. The group says that these tenants are forced to make devastating choices between putting food on the table and getting into debt. It continues to make matters worse. Many families will not get the full LHA because of the household benefit cap. Many new universal credit claimants have been exempt from the benefits cap, but this grace period only lasts for nine months. And people who applied for universal credit in March will be nearing the end of it about Christmas time. And then in a criticism of landlords, no shit. I was actually going to say that's not a, you know, that's not a bad report until we come to the next sentence. In a criticism to landlords and letting agents, as well as a government, the activist says, renters in this position may try to move to a cheaper home, but discrimination against benefit claimants remains widespread, shutting this option off to many. Baroness Kennedy says coronavirus has had a devastating impact on the finances of families living in private rented homes with over half now reliant on benefits to pay their rent. After the country went into lockdown, 169,000 families claimed universal credit for the first time and found that it doesn't cover the cost of average rents with thousands more about to be hit by the benefit cap in the run-up to Christmas. Rent arrears will keep on growing. Savings have already been bled dry by the first wave, forcing many tenants to rely on credit. Without further support, families are being forced to go with this, without essentials and take out a loan to pay their rent or risk eviction. Hmm, interesting. So a lot of people saying, thank you, Julie. Um, go, Julie. Thank you, Julie. Go, Julie. <laughs> Sounds like a really useful service. Well done, Julie. Good job, Julie. Look at that. Isn't that nice? Julie, you don't have to thank me. Thank you for being here and for helping our community in the way that you do. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I saw that this morning because obviously I do scour the news and I thought well, that's a lovely report and uh, kudos to you, Julie. What's in the news again today then? So um, a landlord who failed to properly look after two HMOs has been fined by £70,000 by an Essex council. Lystra Dovel of Ilford, or Dorval, Lister Dorval of Ilford, was given 10 penalty notices relating to poor management of the HMOs in Clacton. Tendering Council contacted Dorval in April 2019, setting out remedial works that needed to make the substandard properties acceptable, which was followed up with meetings in May and August 2019. Tenants reported to the council that they were threatened with eviction for pointing out issues whilst numerous complaints about antisocial behaviour and the condition of the property were made by neighbours and others. In August 2019, 
Dorval was told to make immediate repairs to the fire alarm, but when two days later the work was not done, an emergency prohibition order was issued, shutting down the HMOs, with council officers working to rehome the tenants. Formal enforcement then was begun with a final notice of work which needed completing. This was to address issues such as the faulty fire alarm, blocked fire escapes, insecure entrance doors, broken staircases, toilets not working, water leaks and dangerous electrics. The following day, a gas leak and flooding was detected after pipe work was stolen. And during clear-up work, further damage to the property was revealed, including floors at risk of collapse, drains blocked with rubble and rotting waste. The penalty notices were issued due to non-compliance and breaches of regulations covering the HMO management um, and following the earlier informal requests. It's just a good case in point, folks, to say that, you know, let's do this properly. We are professionals. Let's be professional. Next in the news, ARLA Property Mark has issued a warning to government not to use capital gains tax reforms to further punish the private rental sector. Last week, a report commissioned by Chancellor Rishi Sunak advocated a doubling of capital gains tax on, amongst other things, profits from the sale of buy-to-let and holiday homes. In addition, it called for future capital gains tax reforms to link more closely with income tax. Although the government has stressed it is concentrating currently on the coronavirus crisis, not tax reform, there's been no denial that the proposal will be taken on board at a later date. Now, ARLA Property Mark Policy and Campaigns Director Timothy Douglas says letting agents and their landlords play a key role in maintaining a strong and thriving private rental sector. To this end, the current system of capital gains tax does not paint the full picture of costs and responsibilities. Given recent changes to mortgage interest relief, the wear and tear allowance and the ongoing impact of COVID, the UK government must tread carefully with any plans to change capital gains tax as this could dramatically reduce the supply of rental property. A number of groups, law firms and individual property professionals have criticised the CGT proposal, suggesting it may lead to a flood of sales by landlords and thus a shortage of letting stock. What are your thoughts on that, folks? I'd be really interested. Um, Christina, we are all human and I have some fabulous universal credit tenants that are more honest and reliable than working professionals. I agree, we are indeed. Um, Sophie's saying if the rent was paid directly to the landlord, as it used to be, then I think many people would find it easier to find quality housing. Uh, Linda saying can't open, says address is invalid. What does that mean, Linda? Are you replying to somebody else? I don't know. Sorry, don't know what you mean. Christina saying, and he only got £70,000 fine. He deserved a harsher fine. Okay. What are your thoughts on the capital gains tax issues, folks? Now, I see this going two ways. So either it's going to force an exodus of people out of the market to sell now before they double the capital gains tax, which will then, of course, depress the pricing and make the pricing levels a lot lower because of the supply and demand. Then, of course, when we get from that point moving forwards, um, it will shorten the housing stock. Now, for us 
I suppose that's a good thing because we want to rent less competition. But it doesn't help the government when we are the second biggest homes provider in the whole country when they keep attacking us. Now, in my experience, the government have these um, announcements, they, they, they release, they get leaked, and then actually it's not as bad as the leak, which is like then all, all hail the government. It's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. Let's see. Andrew's saying capital gains tax reform will create a buyer's market. Um, Facebook user just saying don't sell in the future. Well, okay, but you know, at some point, is there going to be profit released realized on that property? Um, you could incorporate. So, you know, you don't have to then pay capital gains tax. It's going to push more people into corporation. Absolutely. Um, Andrew's saying that it would create opportunity. Yeah, probably. Great if you're in a limited company. Yeah, I agree with those sentiments. What does everybody else think, folks? So can you just tell me, folks, I'm interested. Um, it's quite a quiet one today. We've got like 50 people watching. How many properties do you have in your own name? Can you just put it in the comments just as a number? Um, just so I can get a gauge, really, of how many people are incorporated and how many people are actually trading as sole traders or um, in their own name. Just put how many properties you have in your own name in the comments. Now, I have in my own name uh, one, one, two, three, four, five, six. I think I've only got six in my own name. The rest of them are in limited companies. I'd be interested to know um, where you are with yours. So Adnan, you've got five in your own name. Okay, um, Facebook user doesn't say your name. You've got three. Joanna, you're all in limited. Atanis, just one. Mario, just one. Julie, 10, but they're in France. Okay, that, that's better. Okay, keep them coming, folks. Um, just interested to know where we are with all of this in terms of um, incorporation. Paz, you've got one. The rest are incorporated. Richard, you've got four as a sole trader. Uh, another Facebook user, I haven't got your name, says two. David, you've got two in your own name. Claire, none. You're all in a limited company. Kumi, you've got two in your name. Interesting. Peter saying prices will drop as the penny hasn't dropped yet with all of this unemployment coming and COVID. I agree, Peter. I do agree. You know, let's see what the real picture is. If we ever get to see the real picture, let's just see what the government continue to do. Marlon, you've got three in your own name. And I'm loving your profile pic, by the way, drinking that cocktail. Okay, now let me ask you another question. Is this going to force you to incorporate or sell? So if we go into, if we do double the capital gains tax, is it going to force you now individually to sell or incorporate? Um, let me know. Let me know what you think. Or nothing. Are you just going to stay as it is and never sell? So I suppose that's a third option. Sell, never sell, or incorporate. Let me know. Sarah, if you sell to a company, you'll still have capital gains tax if there's an increase in value. And sales has to be reasonable market value, but costs can offset uh, against your uplift. If you sell it, yeah, um, absolutely, because you're selling it, you know, regardless of who you're selling it to. I agree. Joanne, you've got three. Facebook user, you've got two. Um, be careful, limited company means it's very difficult to get them out again to gift or pass on. Yep, you've got to take some really good tax advice if you're restructuring your portfolio. Very much so. So Adnan, you're going to incorporate. Julie, you don't need to because you're in France. Um, Richard, you're holding. Marlon's just saying that laugh. Um, never sell. Gabenga, hi, sorry, okay. You're never going to sell, okay? 
David, I'll get financial advice moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's got to be done properly. And there's a lot of conflict in advice out there. And you're going to sell. Another one, put someone else, I don't know what your name is, saying that you're going to sell. All right, if you're listening on the podcast, folks, let me know what your thoughts are. Head over to Rick Gannon UK, which is my Facebook page, and let me know. Right, finally today, asking prices are down for the first time in many months. Is this the start? I don't know. It's a small drop and it's an average of 0.5%, but it comes despite continuing strong buyer demand since the start of England's second lockdown. These figures come from Rightmove, which says new sellers appear to be pricing more keenly to improve chances of a quick sale and beating the March stamp duty deadline. There was an initial temporary dip on right move after the new lockdown was announced, but buyer demand was still up at that point by 28% on last year during the three days between the announcement and lockdown starting. The first six days of lockdown itself saw demand bounce back to being 49% up on last year. Now, Tim Bannister, Right Moves Director of Property Data, commented, we know from a recent Right Move study that sellers are twice as likely to sell if they agree a sale based on the first price at which their property goes on the market. Something that's even more important now as we move towards the end of March and the end of the stamp duty holiday. If your initial asking price is too high, then you're less likely to get an offer even after you've cut your price back to a more realistic level. Our revised prediction of a 7% annual increase in prices in 2020 looks to be on track since the annual rate has jumped to 6.3% within a month to go. The portal has conducted a study of different asking prices between bands of 100,000 and 500,000, and it shows stronger growth in activity in the higher price bands, where buyers make the biggest stamp duty savings. The number of sales agreed for properties priced at between 100 and 200,000 is up by only 16% on this time last year, which contrasts with sales agreed more than doubling up to 106% in the 400,000 to 500,000 band. So is this the start of the, the come down? I don't know. Let's see. Let's keep our ears to the ground and see what happens in the market. Um, it doesn't say your name, Facebook user. By the way, folks, because of the software I use, and um, there's a link that says allow Facebook and StreamYard to get your picture. Otherwise, I can't see your name. It's good to click that link. Renovating and flipping will definitely take a hit with the new capital gains tax, which is going to be a problem down the line. As who will bring these properties back to their former glory? I have now stopped with this. Investors with a long-term rental plan, say 10 years, then who knows, it could be changed back by then or completely different structure. I will continue with this once we are through COVID. Uh, you need to take tax advice on that, depending how you set your company up. Because um, if you're trading and you're flipping property and trading, then it might be very different for you. I'm not an accountant, but I would say take some advice before you decide to give up doing that. As a first time buyer, would you hold off from buying until next year? We will be using bridging finance, so would be wanting to get our money out of the deal. As a first-time buyer for your own property or for a 
uh, an investment property. Uh, would I hold off until next year? It depends. Um, I don't know is the answer because it depends on the market where you are, where you're looking to purchase. Property prices are quite buoyant at the moment. I think it's a great time to be cash rich. It's a great time to have money in the bank ready to go. And a great time to really keep your ear to the ground at the moment and just see what's happening out there. Have a look at the market and always make an offer on a price that works for you. Simply, they can just turn around and say no. You know, we've got a property on the market at the moment. It's my pub. I'm selling my pub. Um, and we've had some absolutely crazy, ridiculous offers. Um, you know, because people are, they're out there speculating, they're out there having a go. Now, it's been on the market for over a year. I am becoming more motivated. I want to get my money out of that property because I don't do pubs anymore. It's a trading pub and put it into other things. So am I becoming more motivated as time goes on? Yes, probably. So I would say, keep your ear to the ground, be cash rich, watch the market. And if you see a property that you think works for you, make an offer at a price that works for you. That's the game. That's the market. We have to offer at a price that works for us. All right, folks, hope that was useful for you. If you are listening on the podcast, please leave a review. And of course, if you're watching on Facebook, please click on that follow button. I'll be back here tomorrow and I'll be back at 8.30 with the latest breaking news. Okay, folks, thank you for following. Always appreciate it. And don't forget, make sure you have some fun. Take care.